0: Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level BizTech. All right, everybody, welcome. We are back on another cloud track. Excited to be here today with somebody else that has a cool mic, also does a podcast, and can talk cloud. This this might be like a trifecta here. So, uh, Aaron, Aaron Bach of Upcala, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. Really excited for this one. Home- that home- is a sweet <laughs> intro that you
0: do. Hey, I I, I got to try to keep up with the IT Matters podcast, man. So I'm doing the best I can over here.
1: We cheat. We uh, we outsource the intro, so it's not my voice. Oh, <laughs>
0: secrets. If people are learning, they're getting secrets. Fair enough. All right, we're adding value.
1: Well, I think they'd figure it out real quick. It's a, it's a a It's a female's voice right off the bat. So I'm not that good. Fair, fair, fair enough. All right, so uh, today we're
0: talking about Azure, we're talking about cloud. Uh, if you tuned into the first episode of this track, we got Kobe Phillips, who leads out the Tolaris cloud practice, talking about what we're doing. Uh, you know, and, and, what our purview on, on this is. And then we heard from one of our providers of, of their play in Azure, their modernization strategy, the different things that they can do. And now we get to the good part here where we get to hear from Aaron and, and his purview on cloud and how he approaches this. And so Aaron, maybe if you can kick us off a little bit, I always love to hear how everybody got started in this space. Were you always destined to do this? Did you, did you stumble into this? What's your path?
1: Yeah, no, definitely not destined to do this. And it's 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 funny. I love to hear the story of people's uh, paths, how they got there. But for me personally, I went to college as a finance major. I took a job at a big four accounting for firm, thinking I was doing kind of auditing for financials, and it ended up being IT auditing. They called it risk uh, risk assurance, which there's no way I would have known that was IT unless they told me and I maybe didn't listen. So <laughs> I ended up auditing um, kind of IT systems, access, change management, um, uh, like monitoring controls. And after a while realized that didn't really like, I liked the tech. I liked what the IT stuff was and kind of listening to the customer's problems. I didn't like just the endless amounts of documentation and testing. And so at that point in my career, I switched into, uh, sales. And I was selling for a data center maintenance, um, third-party data center maintenance company, very small niche in a market that exists in a lot of companies back you know, before cloud was a thing. Um, so everyone had on-prem data centers, servers would get older, we would support them. And uh, I think along the way, what I realized was typically tech trends, the ones that catch on, they take a little while and you hear about them for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I kept hearing um, like every place I was at, like, no, you know, cloud's not going to totally disrupt us. Like it's actually helping us bubble. And when you hear people try to spin something like that, you kind of know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And so I remember at the company I was at, they would stand up on stage and say, no, everyone moving to AWS is great for us. And it's like, (laughs) really? Like we support (laughs) on-prem servers. Like I'm, I'm really surprised to hear that, but. I mean, in theory, like, yes, there's more compute out there, but it's it's consolidated at at less places. And so I think their point was the market was growing. But anyways, long story short, I I knew what what where I wanted to be was somewhere where the cloud was happening and where we were or we were on the cutting edge or we were on the front side of the curve. And I still think we're on the very much the front side of cloud. I think there's going to be a lot that changes over the next 10 years. Not sure what it is, but I still think people, especially in depending on the part of the country you're in, like I'm in North Carolina and I would say we as a state are in generally in general further behind in the cloud journey than like if you take a San Fran or a a New York or a DC, they're just much further ahead in the cloud journey in general
0: so did you know when, when you say you you went from IT auditing and accounting and you said I jumped into sales did, did you ever picture yourself in sales any previous sales experience before or did you just go I think I'd be good at this
1: um, I, I kind of thought I would be able to do it but um, it was really one of those I, I forget the the exercise but it was one of those uh, kind of like assessment ec- exercises oh, they do we yeah, were out of like a- training for managers and they split us up. We we filled out some, you know, this is what your personality is like. And of like a hundred people in the room, I was the only person standing in this one quadrant. And I asked <laughs> the trainer, I said, why am I the only person here, there in the quadrant? And, and he said, well, most of the other people in your quadrant left to go do sales. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I've been thinking about that. That's crazy. So it wasn't really long after that, that I had my wife and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and then I switched into sales. Awesome. Love that. All right. So tell me about Opcala. How did it start? Yeah. So we started in 2019. Uh, we There's three founders, myself, Jim Campbell, and Bryce Ulray. And then Steve Ermish uh, joined us slightly after that. But we started um, really... We it, The original idea was, hey, we just want to be a little bit more... Uh, Advisory to customers in the third-party maintenance space, and then we kind of stumbled across uh, Doug Crocker, who's now at Teleris, and he was explaining to us, you know, this is this is all the things that we do, and it's like, whoa, this is crazy. So we went from just this niche of third-party maintenance into, okay, these are all the providers that we were supporting, we worked with, and so our whole goal is to be a trusted advisor, help customers really understand like why are they doing things, what are they trying to do? Is there a better way? Let's not just let's not just show you Dell or Cisco. And not to say that those OEMs are bad, by the way, because they're not, they're great great technology. And I'm I'm not a a fan of people who knock technologies Mm or 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 downplay. But there what I don't like is the bias that we would see. And so you know we were we kind of started to say, look, let's be really good to our customers. Let's show them the popular option, let's show them the non-popular option and let's help them make that decision better. And we think we can add value along the way and then it kind of took off from there. So, we've had 100% growth every year since 2019 and wow, our congrats. team Yeah, team keeps growing, so it's it's great. We're we're really excited to to be here and I mean, we still feel like we're ground floor, we still feel like there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, that we haven't captured, and we're not. I w- won't sit here and say we are the best at selling cloud. It's something we know, and we're we're doing more of. But there's still every day there's a new tool that comes out or a new acquisition you have to pay attention to, and that's what I think we're going to get into. But that's some of the challenge with it.
0: Yeah, so true, so true. The pace right now is unlike anything I've ever seen. And I, you know, I try to, I try to understand. Geez, did I just not pay attention to it? As much and and I think no, I mean it's been it's been our job as technical folks to pay attention to it. The rate of change and I have a I have a opinion that maybe it's the money that flowed into Silicon Valley over the last five to ten years. A, a zillion products were made, and now those that are whether they're good or they're bad, all these different things are sprawled into the customers' environments, and now we have to deal with those. We have to deal with the innovations, and uh, it's just been it's been fascinating uh, and fun. To kind of see all those changes for sure
1: yeah and, and you're right i think it there's not one single place where like i think the cloud came from it makes sense in theory there are times where it doesn't but you know you had all these startups you had all these people like popping up in the 2000s with websites and they needed to put you know their website somewhere so they were were hosting them in what was a cloud then it just wasn't the hyperscalers we right. know today
0: right so, was your if we flash back? I, I want to do a little bit of a uh, a story of where you started with cloud to where we're at now, and we'll get into the weeds on a, on a recent deal. But early on in cloud, when you were doing kind of the IT auditing, were were you understanding cloud then? Was it all Prem then? You know, really, where was your first foray into cloud or Azure any of those things?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we were aware of cloud before, Opcala. I mean, it was we were kind of selling against it or you know, a couple of us were selling to basically help transition people. But um, I think where we. It's a tough question because every single customer is on a different journey. So, right. like, I'll give you an example. We have some customers that are traditional manufacturers here in North Carolina. They don't want anything to do with the cloud still today. But when you start getting into that, and you say, you know, what are you using for your CRM? Oh, Salesforce. OK. What are you using for your payroll? Oh, you know, pay velocity or something like that. You start going through that, and you, they they just listed ten SaaS apps, and you're like, by the way, do you know that those are kind of cloud? Do, do you know that? And they're like, well, no, not really, but they are. And so, I think like as as we continue to see that, we started to learn more and more about the cloud, and then on outside of of what we do with Teleris, we are a Microsoft CSP in house, and so. We, we have the modern work licenses, which are, you know, the popular E1, E3, E5 licensing that everyone kind of knows, the, you know, A1 if you're an academic mm-hmm. and nonprofit. Um, and so along the way, we were getting cloud certifi- uh, certifications as well to learn these things, try to get the PhD in Microsoft licensing, as everyone says. and you know each each opportunity that we've worked every every job we had before it was learning more about well what can you do in the cloud start with the why why do people go to the cloud what's a really good use case and if you can start to understand that and then what what's not a fit you just kind of start to understand okay you know this is never going to be a fit for so and so or this will be a really good fit for so and so let's go down that path with them and i think it's just Each opportunity is wildly different with cloud, which is unique because in some of the other technology areas, you know, I hate to say this, but a phone is a phone Mm -hmm. with some features. It's not drastically different from the use case. And so you talk about the cloud, you're dealing with custom apps, you're dealing with custom, you know, integrations, you're dealing with all kinds of things that come into play that make it a little bit more unique to that customer. Fair point.
0: Let's let's dive in then. Let's say first deal, first cloud deal, right? Uh, uh, what what did that look like? Did it did it look like a cloud deal right away? Was it what you were told that the problems were? You know, were they actually what they were said? You know, break that down for me.
1: So I'll give you two. I'll give you the first one we won, and then the first one where we realized why clouds hard to sell. Ooh, all right. First one that we won, the CFO and the CIO basically came together and said we need to go to the cloud and we're going to go to the cloud by, I think the time was like 2021 or 2022. We need to be in the cloud. And that means we want to be in Azure. Like they knew they wanted to be in Azure. They had already talked to their Microsoft rep and and they had done all these things. They had buy-in from the top. They knew exactly why. They knew exactly what. They didn't want to have to hire people. They wanted to get rid of their data center and turn it into more office space pre-COVID. I haven't checked in to see if they actually did that now, but they had all these reasons why going to the cloud, even if it's more expensive, potentially, was a good fit for them. They were going to hire people in other states. They were bought into the cloud. They were willing to sign into long term commitments with like instances at the time. And so they were a really good fit and they knew they wanted to go to the cloud and you don't get those a lot. So that was kind of an easy layup. Like, let's just help you get there. Let's do do you need certain things managed? Do you need, you know, what resources do you need? What resources do you not need? And, and break it down. That was the first one we won. The first one we lost was a, it was a, it came from like a manager director level in a larger organization saying, you know, I want to start looking at people to help me get to the cloud. And, and that's where like, now I cringe when I hear that because there's so many things you need to qualify before you have that conversation. Really? Mm-hmm. Is your CIO on board with this? Is your CTO on board with this? Is your CEO and CFO on board with this? Are your customers on board with this? Have you, cause if not, like it's great to, to help and show, but it can honestly be like more paralysis and you could probably yeah. add less value depending on, you know, who's in the room. And so it was, a, it was like a 1,200 or 1,300-person um, company that did um, different types of distribution, like alternative distribution, um, like land, sea, et cetera, international shipping, things like that. And they were like, yeah, let's just maybe go to the cloud. They weren't sure if it was public. They weren't sure if it was private. They didn't have any idea which cloud. They didn't really know why, and they didn't have any buy-in. So... We did like, I think, 10 meetings and basically got no closer to helping them understand it because every time we turn around, they would say, well, that's cool, but we have this and oh, this is this team. And so we lost the opportunity, but I don't really even think it was an opportunity to start because they just hadn't defined what that cloud journey was going to look like fair uh so so pro tips kind
0: of you know my one of my next questions was going to be what are some of the challenges you face but let's let's pick on that a little bit i think it's important to help dissect it because i think we found that too especially as you move from smb to mid market and enterprise it's not just my one person to your point it's c level it's procurement it's technical it's business what uh w- what are the pro tips that you would say is it is it get alignment early or ho- how do you recommend getting that alignment early do we just have to be more aggressive and push the agenda and say get a yes get a no fast
1: i, I think getting alignment and getting buy-in early is definitely helpful i mean that's like the classic you know if you read any sales book about like getting finding A qualified buyer i don't want to say you need to just go qualify people because that's that's not what we believe in but you need to know if the if the company you're talking to has a has a reason to do this or do they understand the reasons to do it so for example i I mentioned fine use cases early on when you look at the hyperscalers and if for those that don't know what the hyperscalers that's GCP, that's Azure, that's AWS. That's typically the three you hear. There's Oracle, there's Alibaba, there's a couple others. Early on, a really good use case for that was scalability and flexibility of compute. So take a a customer who had a really, really, really busy peak season. So like we're in the holiday season. A lot of people are shopping for the holidays. That creates a peak for a lot of retailers who needed to scale up on website compute and storage and things like that. That was a great use case for the cloud early on. So you said, well, what do you do if you have a retail customer who is struggling with capacity of compute around the holidays and their CFO is complaining about the cost it is to procure all this hardware that we don't use most of the year and the IT department's dealing with outages left and right over the holidays, they should be looking at cloud. And that's a pretty like that's a strong mission for you to say, like, have you considered moving some of these applications into the hyperscalers so that you can scale up and scale down? Or now you could do that with private cloud. You could do it with private cloud. Then have you considered going to private cloud so you don't have to procure? And, and if you can get multiple people in the organization to see that value, then that that's what buy-in is. It's seeing the value of what you're going to do. But it's not, you know, hey, I just want to look at this to look. You need to have a reason to look at it. You need to have a story and a compelling event to say, yes, we're going to go there. So, like, compelling events might be, like, a really big hardware refresh. That was kind of the first one. Yeah. We've got this big storage array that we're paying. We paid $5 million for, $10 million for, and now we're paying a $1 million a year in support. Would it be less to go to an OpEx model and not have the maintenance and not have the data center? That was kind of the early compelling event or reason to look at the cloud. And then there was the flexibility and the scalability. Now you have native, you know, cloud apps and you have the the locate the geolocations of the cloud and where your workers are. So there's a lot more compelling events now than there were. But I think understanding the reason for people to make that shift and consider it initially is. Is a really good reason. Uh, Sorry, I keep saying I see. I keep talking, but another thing in 2022, for example, we just got done. We're almost done with 2022, which is crazy. This year, a big topic for CEOs everywhere has been the Great Resignation. Yeah. You had you had COVID. You have all these people who are unhappy with employers, so people are resigning left and right. There's more jobs open in IT than ever. Well, what does that cause? That causes people to need support because those jobs are tr- turning over fast. So now you've got, well, why don't we look at a managed cloud offering? We never did that before, but I'm going to look at it because the people that I do have, I want them to work on things for the business, not for running a server like I used to.
0: Yeah, I, you know, you bring up a really good point. We could we could talk about that one for a while because that's a hot topic. Uh, it seems like if you look at trying to sell this ito it outsourcing uh person skill set whatever as a service either scope of work based or ongoing continually opex selling this five ten years ago people would think you're crazy because they could just do it all in-house and why would they ever need an outsource now that that trend just seems to continue to go up and to the right whether it be i lost my fortinet person i lost my VMware person i lost whatever um so i you know part of that, I think, to your point is, we just have to ask that this is a new part of our discovery process of with what's cooked in the last 12, 24 months. Have you lost great people? Have your abilities to do some of these projects, initiatives, application deployments, has it gone down? Can you hit those timeframes? And those are weird, new questions, I think, to ask. You bring up a great point
1: there. The, the other interesting thing in the other, you know, if you think about what's happened, we are we used to have uh, Exchange, which is your mail, hosted on prem, and Microsoft, who's driving, I think, a lot of the cloud push, is basically making people go to cloud licensing. So pretty much everyone is either in Workspace with it with Google or they're in the Microsoft suite of of licensing with Office. So when you think about that, at the basic, like just take like a one person business or a two person business how do they communicate it's via email that's that's still a very popular medium where are you emailing you're emailing in the cloud so that's just a basic concept well now let's start to build on this so like i think the struggle is well how do i sell the cloud i need to sell this like concept no start there you got email in the cloud what happens if you have an employee Who's pissed off at you? Who deletes all their emails the day they leave, and you, and then walk away? And you need them because you have to go into to some uh, lawsuit with an employee because of a uh, employee law or something happens, and you don't have any of that data. What's in the cloud? It's safe. Well, no, it's 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 not being backed up there. It's there's things in the cloud that people don't understand, and so when we talk cloud, I think everyone just thinks. Amazon Azure GCP there's what do you back up in the cloud how do you back up in the cloud how should you use the cloud oh you don't sit you don't want to use the cloud but you're already using it and so it's just like yeah. it kind of builds on it on on themselves so so like my point is is that i think cloud is this like hey i'm going to sell cloud but you can sell backup for the cloud you can sell Voice in the cloud. You can sell all these things. A, a funny story is we had a customer, and I'm not knocking them. I think it's just baby basic naivety. They said to me in the opening, they said, "We can't use the cloud. We contract with the government." I said, oh, "Okay, you know it makes sense. I've heard of this. You know, there's definitely things you sh- you probably don't know. High GCC, and we don't mm-hmm. need to go in all those. But so we start going through. I said. You know, tell me, like, what do you use for email? Oh, we use Microsoft. Okay. Do you you host your on, on, on-prem? on No, 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 no. We have the Microsoft 365. I said, oh, okay. You're, you're using cloud. And they said, well, no, that's not really cloud. You know, it's just the... <laughs> I'm like, well... Not that's... on Tuesdays. No. It's it's Azure. I mean, it's sitting in Azure. Um, and so I, I said, okay, that makes sense. I understand it. Um, tell me, like, where's, like, your critical application ho- uh, hosted? Oh, yeah, we have it in our data center. I said, how do you back it up? that would be a really good use case for the cloud put it in cloud archive never touch it make sure it's locked away they said no we w- we would never do that we uh we take a tape and we put it in a system under the ceo's bed and i no. was like oh wow that's so much more secure than and and so like you have these com- you have these conversations and you hear of them and people kind of think well no no one thinks that in 2022 this happened earlier this year so People just don't understand it because we've taken basically what was IT, where there was you know your compute, your storage, your backups, your DR, your your voice, your productivity, and we just combined it all into cloud. And we just made all these all these different uh, sections of IT, and we call it cloud. It's it's still you have to break up what the cloud is.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you bring up a great point. Uh, I think that's what gets me excited to wake up and do this every day because there's moments where you think the world is modernized. IT infrastructure is at the next gen. It's where it needs to be. And then you have these conversations about, no, uh, I don't have any endpoint security. We're not a target. I don't don't have anything on my endpoint. I don't have anything that protects me and my intellectual property from walking out the door to your point when a disgruntled employee does. And so I think there's just, there's so much value for us to add to help people. And I, I think we take it for granted sometimes, but what what we have to help people understand is that we get to see so many situations and so many customer environments that bringing to bear and saying here's what most other people are struggling with here's what most other people are doing it helps the customers want to move in that direction uh, and and i think they they don't want to be the first to do anything so the more we can encourage them and get them to see this is what uh, others are doing and and here's how you can do it here's how you can do it." Unsuccessfully, but here's how we can help you do it successfully. Brings up a great point.
1: Yeah, oh, and I think like fundamentally, the cloud. If you think about what it is, it's a server that someone else is hosting, or it's compute, storage, et cetera, that someone else is hosting. You, you're not. You, you're not. So, yes, you know, you start to get deep into AWS and some of these you know capabilities they have, where they're laying layering in services. There are other things now. But at the basic level, you used to buy a server, you could go physically put a, a drive in it, you could, you could go, you know, upgrade it, you could touch it, you can feel it. It's in a rack and you know, the the really cold data center behind you that's loud as can be. That's what it was, right? If you wanted to add security to it, you would add something like an agent on the, the server to make it more secure. If you want to add you know, backup, or you want to add storage, you'd connect it, um, you know, to a storage array. You would do all that right back there. The difference is it's being done by someone else now. It's in a much bigger data center. It's much more scaled. And um, you, just, you don't touch it. You're still consuming the same services. It's just a different, it's just a little bit of a mindset shift to say, I'm going to OPEX, like I'm going to like pay for it monthly instead of just it being back there. And have to deal with it there.
0: Yeah, great point. We get to make it somebody else's problem. People look at right. that as a benefit and not. A, I, I want you to. I want you to make more money, be a better manager, be a better director, be a better CIO, and actually get some sleep and be able to enjoy life and go through it and have things not go down and break. That's my goal for you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. You, I agree. you still have it. Still VM. Still got an IP address. All that good stuff. Uh, all right, let's go, uh, as we wrap this up, final couple thoughts here. I, I want to walk through an example. So we talked about early on your exposure to cloud and the infrastructure, but walk us through, uh, a, an example, maybe that you walked in where you really helped somebody modernize and move that needle a little bit. What did you walk into? What did the environment look like? What my, my favorite part is sometimes these things just don't look like what the people are saying. I, I need this thing. And in reality, they need something completely different. But I'm curious, from your perspective, what's a good example that you've seen just how you've helped somebody transform and maybe get into the weeds and what's the tech that they had and, and you know, how did it end up?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give two. I like to give two examples because these are just so broad. We're working on one right now. It's a, it's a manufacturing, very traditional manufacturer. Um, if you haven't caught it from this episode, we have a lot of manufacturing in North Carolina. Um, so manufacturer really not on the cloud journey, but about two years ago, I, I really, you know, I knew the the CIO and the, the director of IT. And, you know, I mentioned to them, I said, you know, Apicala's, we're, we're young, we do a lot with the cloud, you know, we're not your traditional VAR that you've worked with in the past. Give us a shot, let us come in, let's talk about some things. And so we kind of sat down with them and we said, you know, what are you, what is going to happen as over the next five years? And we kind of went from there. This was two years ago. And we asked them, you know, SAP is their core application. What's going to happen with SAP? Are they they talking to you about like going to the cloud because they're going to start making people do it? Well, not yet, but by 20, at the time it was like 2023, 2024, they're going to potentially want us to go to the cloud. Okay, great. How are you prepared to do that? So like just that question was like, well, I don't, we're not really prepared. Like we haven't really thought of that. So over the last year to two years, we've had you know different folks come in and talk to them about like the way they do cloud, right? Someone who's uber focused on AWS, someone who's more of a hybrid provider, some extra other tools that are focused on cloud connectivity. We've just been bringing in different folks to kind of talk about the way they do it. Where I think they're going to end up is I think they're going to end up with remaining on prem for the next probably cycle, which is two to three years, but getting closer, because they're starting to consume some of those cloud resources, shifting their mindset around like, we need to start moving to the cloud. And so like putting their their production data center in a colo at the base of of a hyperscaler, like that concept, I know it might be really technical for some, but it's basically moving your data center to where an AWS or an Azure or GCP data center is and connecting them so there's lower latency. So I think they're gonna do that and, and then keep DR, their, their disaster recovery or, or their backup on-prem because they still have a data center. I think they're gonna do that initially. And so like, while that doesn't, you said it might not look like cloud. That sure, surely doesn't really sound like cloud. It's the first step in the cloud journey because they know that at some point they need to be prepared to go to the cloud. So, that's an example where that's yeah. sort of your traditional colo, that's network and connectivity. And that's maybe a little bit of like hybrid, like, you know, maybe managed AWS or Azure, depending on where your customer sits. Yeah. That's one. Um, another, I would say another example, and, and I'm just going to speak generally because I've seen this multiple times. I think another success is when you have people, and we see a lot of Microsoft being a CSP. So what a lot of people don't realize is all of the funding you can get from different cloud providers who know these clouds really well. And so understanding, like, well, if I do this with, like, Microsoft has Power BI, which is great for data analytics, can I get funding to do things in Power BI that I want to do? Oh, wait, I could get $50,000 paid from Microsoft to do this. How do I do that? Well, you just need a partner that knows that cloud. They need to know what you're trying to do. So I've seen a lot of people kind of like have an Azure SKU or kind of start to play around with AWS. And when they really kind of take it into the next gear with their cloud journey is when they engage someone that's an expert in that cloud. And and that doesn't have to be a public hyperscaler, by the way but there are really good providers that know like AWS all in Azure, but it can also be like a hybrid cloud. Like, Hey, let's take some of this stuff and let's, let's, let's use our resources. We've got beefier resources than you will pay for. And then we can do this. We can put this in archive and it helps them see like, we don't need all this equipment that we used to buy. That could also be a cloud journey. And so like those two examples are not traditional, like, Hey, we just moved everything and lifted and shifted, like Capital One said, like ten years ago, to the cloud. Yeah. Those are more like, hey, we we kind of have other other needs. Let's do it. Um, you know, the 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 most classic example is, you know, C- CFO or CEO comes back from a conference and says, "All right, that's it. We're going cloud. Let's <laughs> lift and shift. And let's yeah. do it. And you got to be done by the end of next year. Go." I mean, we do see that. I see a lot of failures with that because yeah. it's just too forced. But, you know, those are all ways people will go to the cloud. And then to me, the, like the, the most common use case we're seeing now for cloud is I don't have enough resources or I can't retain resources or the resources are too expensive. Like why why host something that I could easily give to someone else or put somewhere else where like it's one less thing that I don't have to worry about.
0: Yeah. Great point. I and it goes back to our point. I don't have the people to manage it. Do you want to capex this gear and rock it there and hire somebody that is hard to find or is going to bounce, you know, I mean, or or you're going to have to lay off, or who knows what the scenario is going to be? Or do you want your business to maintain no matter what? Yeah. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Uh all right. Let's let's uh let's go crystal ball here as we wrap this up uh and and kind of look to the future, right? We're we're talking about you know 15 20 percent of the world is modernized into some sort of, of cloud infrastructure at this point maybe a little more and and so you know looking at what comes next uh, if we turn up the super nerd knob uh, I'm, I'm reading some of the articles that are coming out of the you know the big AWS reinvent conference that's happening this week there's some predictions there was a, a really good art- article that I read out of uh, I want to say it was silicon angle which is kind of a prediction of what you know now that that, that Jassy is as CEO, Saplinsky is, is running AWS, uh, they have some different initiatives. And I think we have to look at that. I know we're talking Azure, but we have to look at what people like this set the pace on what's next. And so there, there seems to be a big push going forward on infrastructure as code, which is gonna change the DevOps and infrastructure management knowledge set to dev and programming and, you know, infrastructure is now JSON code. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, and Azure has functions and all of these things and serverless, everybody, you know, in containers, but what's, what's Aaron's prediction? What if we look out, let's call it 12, we look out maybe 24 months, are we continuing to help modernize because of lack of resources? Are we doing the same things because there's so much ground left to cover anywhere you want to take it? What's, what's your perspective on this to the future as we wrap this?
1: Yeah, I guess I'd put a disclaimer that this is just some thoughts in my opinions. This may may have no bearing on what actually happens. Couple things I would say near term are, you know, I think we hear about the cloud, and you know, when you're walking through the airport, there, there's great advertisements that makes it feel like the whole world is on a cloud, and we're just being left behind. The reality is what you said, 15% of people or are, are, are companies are, are really, truly using the cloud. If that, I don't even know if that's the, the true number. That actually kind of feels high to me. But I would say from a Microsoft... Let's start from Microsoft. I think from a Microsoft perspective, they have done, whether we like it or not, a, an amazing job bundling packages for people to purchase yeah. what was just email, but they've added in security tools phone, um, uh, data and analytics, governance. They've added in all kinds of stuff that we get for free. Um, My prediction would be you're going to continue to see people either commit to the Microsoft ecosystem long term and go the Microsoft route, or you're going to see people commit to using the least amount possible in Microsoft and kind of go the other route. I don't think either one's right or wrong. I just think you're going to see more people use it. So, for example, I think a very common path is if, if someone's 100% on-prem, like meaning they're still hosting exchange on-prem if they can even do that anymore, move their licensing, start using cloud email. Then they start using like SharePoint and OneDrive, which is in Azure. Then they start using Azure for a little bit of storage and Blob for some of the archiving and then they use teams and now they're using teams for collaboration and then they add on power bi and then they add on intune for management and you just see they they start layering in the microsoft ecosystem near term you're going to see a lot more companies do that because it's easy it's a single it's not a single skill set but it is a microsoft skill set so you can hire microsoft focused engineers you can hire microsoft focused people you can engage service providers who are microsoft focused Consolidating into an ecosystem like that does have a lot of benefits. The con is that Microsoft this past year raised prices hugely, like 10, 15% in some cases, 26% on some. Mm-hmm. So you risk putting too many eggs in one basket. So I think near term, you're gonna see a lot of people commit to that ecosystem uh, or you know maybe the work, Google Workspace ecosystem um, and Google's come a long way. That's one prediction. Uh, the second prediction I think you're going to see is for the folks that have gone cloud and have really heavily invested, you're going to see a focus on security again. So security was really a big focus for like how do I secure work from home, how do I secure this? A lot of the you know the breaches they're they're targeting back to the clouds. So how do I how do I secure the cloud? That's been happening, but what I think you're going to see is more investment more investment from the hyperscalers, AWS, Azure, Google, they're going to be spending more time and money either building or acquiring security companies for the cloud. And you're going to be selling add-ons in those to secure cloud environments. I think you're going to see more of that. Um, On the same token, I also think you're going to see in the next five years a, a point of like a tipping point where the whole like I need to be 100% cloud conversation starts to go away and everyone's totally comfortable with a hybrid model. And not necessarily hybrid, like I have a data center and I have public cloud, it's I have SaaS, I have PaaS, platform as a service, I have um, like certain services as a service and I have like cloud infrastructure as a service. I think you'll see a hybrid of those and then you know potentially still coming back on prem for some. I just think we're it's too much of a pendulum for yeah. it not to come back a little bit. Uh, and then I also think there. This is super like a political thing, kind of like there's there's some element of a monopoly when you look at these clouds yeah. that like people we really haven't talked about, but like. If you put your entire company in Microsoft and the only way to continue adding is adding through Microsoft with no competition, I don't know. At some point, maybe there's some type of like concern around, like, I have way too much stuff with one company. And if they start doing poorly in one service, like, I need to pull out. I think something like that could cause a pullback from, like, a Microsoft or an AWS and create new competition and new, like, waves of, like, no, I don't want to be big cloud. Like, yeah. Cloud's the rave now, but Big Cloud one day might be the like the, the enemy. So yeah. I don't know. Those are just some thoughts like long-term that could happen.
0: I love it. Uh, I love getting in your brain. Good stuff. All right, man. Uh, that wraps us up. Aaron, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for doing this, buddy.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, for those who had to listen
0: to me for this full time. <laughs> get the pleasure of listening to you. And by the way, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see the logo in the background, but remind everybody for your podcast, IT Matters, where can we find it?
1: Yeah, check out the IT Matters podcast hosted by Opcala. It's on all your favorite podcast uh, stations, Stitcher, uh, Apple, Spotify, you name it, it's up there. Uh, we we typically interview you know anyone from a CIO or to a CFO to someone focused, we actually have someone an episode coming up on cloud FinOps management. So uh, check it out. I think you guys will like it. Sweet. Okay. That wraps us up, my friend.
0: Appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. Aaron Bach of Apcala. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. And this is Next Level BizTech.
1: Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.